Pulp MX Network production. Thanks for all the support, Pulp MX fans. The Pulp MX app is now available for both iPhone and Android-based phones. For all your moto needs, shop at btosports.com and use the current discount code STEVE, S-T-E-V-E. And don't forget to click the Amazon banner on pulpmx.com when purchasing anything from Amazon. It's the Steve Mathis Show, brought to you by RacerX, presented by BTOsports.com. The original moto podcast featuring legends of the past, stars of today, season previews and race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's your host, Steve Mathis. Welcome to the BTOsports.com RacerX podcast show. Uh, new bike special, let's call it, 2013 new bike special. I'm your host, Steve Mathis, and uh, thanks to BTOsports.com for stepping up on these, as well as JT Racing, one of the advertisers on these. And uh, to get to talk about the 2013 bikes, maybe you guys are out there are debating about it. Maybe you're not sure if you want to get a new bike. Maybe you have a lot of questions about the bikes. I have assembled a super team of experts on the new 2013 bikes, and we're going to talk about it break them down, talk about what they'd liked and didn't like, and um, and all that. And uh, right off the bat, let's get to uh, RacerX's own David Ping. Ping, what's up? Hi, Steve-O. Hi, how are you? I'm excellent today. Oh, that's good to hear. Thank you for doing this, buddy. I'm Appreciate podcast it. podcast ready. And, and, it's all about you today. And with short notice, too. I like that. Like I sent you an email, and you were like, yeah, let's do it. No problem. Um, that's right. And uh, also on the line is uh, Dirt Rider Magazine's Chris Kiefer. Kiefer, what's going on? Hey, Mathis. Just hanging out. Actually uh, getting ready to go testing. So I uh, got your call and ready to do this. Ping, are we going to get in trouble for having a Dirt Rider guy on? You know, I just want to clarify that I did not uh, set that up. <laughs> that was all you're doing. So if there is any right. repercussions, it's going to fall on you. Oh, come on. I'm Switzerland over here. Everything's neutral. Everything's good. <laughs> uh, well, both of you, I mean, obviously uh, – I haven't ridden any of the new bikes. I feel like if I did, the suspension would all be too soft. Um, I, the, the I don't know what the OEMs were thinking with their spring rights. And also, there's no Tim Ferry replica for sale. So I figured you two experts were, would be the guys to get on, on the show. And, uh, and thank, thanks to both of you for coming on. I guess let's start with Ping. Let's start with you. Um, you've ridden everything but the KTM 250F. Kiefer, you've ridden everything, I think, right? Or most everything? Yeah. Okay. Um, but before we get into that, let's go two strokes, four strokes, because that's getting to be, I think, and maybe I'm just reading those kooky forms too much, but I think there's a little bit of a two-stroke comeback. Guys are realizing the four strokes are too much money, too much of a bike for them, maybe too much to handle, and two strokes are making a comeback. Ping, why would you buy a two-stroke? Who are you if you want to buy a two-stroke? What do you think? Well, you know, I've been a big champion of that uh, movement for a long time. I, I just feel like, and the main issue is there's nothing wrong with the four strokes. They're great bikes. Um, I, I've got a, a 125 and a 450, so, I mean, I, I love them both. But if you're a guy who's just, you know, maybe you're a young kid, high school, junior high or something, and you want to get into motocross, don't want to sell your parents on a brand-new 250F or even a used 250F, uh, that's a that's a sell. You better have a nice little presentation with a PowerPoint and the whole deal and a paper route lined up and whatever else it is because it's a lot of money. Um, 
you know, and then dad doesn't know how to work on it because who the hell knows how to work on those things? And then if, if you happen to get suckered by some kid down the street who was selling his and he just sucked a bunch of sand at Glamis, and two days in, you're riding your new bike that you paid 4500 bucks for that has 200 hours on it, eight grenades, now you're out $2,500 more to get it going. Mm-hmm. So that's, that sucks. You know, that, that's going to inhibit new people from getting into the sport. Uh, the people who do sign up on that program and blow a bike up, they're going to be salty about it. They're, you know, mm-hmm. I, I just think it's pushing people away. Yep. When you can go to the Craigslist or wherever, Cycle Trader, is that still around? Or is that know. like... I don't know. God, that's old. It's in the desert still. Huh. Yeah, anyway, you know, you get, get online and find a used 125. I mean, I just, a couple of years ago, found one for my cousin, a 04 125 for 1200 bucks. Yep. The thing was covered in dust and cobwebs, but it was a great bike. We cleaned it up, and for 1200 bucks, he's into the sport and going. Right. So, so I feel like it's people wanting to just get into, you know, maybe they don't even race. They just want to go ride on the weekends, and they, they love the sport. Yeah. I think that's a segment that is larger than most people give credit for is people who just ride. They don't really necessarily care to go racing so much. They just they like riding. They go to right. the tracks on the weekends when they have time, and and that's it. And I think for those people, two strokes are a great option. So would you like to see all the all the manufacturers selling them? Basically, Yamaha, KTM, the only guys right now. Would you do you think all of them? We should be back to where we were, where you had a choice of each either one, or, or how do you feel about the OEMs kind of, um, you know, maybe not updating the line as much and not selling them as much? I'm not sitting in on those business meetings, and I don't know all the numbers how they work. I know that the yen to dollar exchange is killing them and everything else. But in a perfect world, yeah, we'd have 125 and 252 strokes, and 250 and 450 four strokes, mm-hmm. and you could take your pick. And maybe the the two strokes are more of an entry level thing. Maybe they all do like a, you know, backdoor deal. Hey, let's kind of stop right. development on these because they're really developed as far as they're going to go anyway. Right, right. You know, put, put some updated plastics on them, some bold new graphics, and go. Yep. Those bikes are still great, all of them, you know. Mm-hmm. So, do you, do you think, Ping, that am, am I right in saying that it seems like they're coming back a little bit? Uh, I, I think you're absolutely right, man. Yeah. There's there's uh, 125 races popping up all over the place. In fact, I think this coming weekend is that one at Washougal, which yeah, thought was going to be really neat. Weren't you um, going? I thought you were going. For that. I wanted to. I just I couldn't make it happen. But oh, okay, I would have loved to gone. It's it's. Uh, but there was one back east. There's one coming up. I just saw something for it, like Sleepy Hollow or. Some east <laughs> East Coast place, or you know what I'm talking about? Anybody see that? No, but I'm thinking that you're thinking about the the the, the beheaded horseman. Also, <laughs> this, that's what happens when you have yeah. kids. You start thinking about all that stuff you watch <laughs> right, on TV with right. your kids. Yeah, isn't, no, uh, no, no, no. isn't there's there... something coming up back east? Another two-stroke shootout thing that's you know got a big purse, and they're just popping up all over. SpongeBob race. To elaborate on that too, it's like. I know Loretta's is, you know, they brought back the two-stroke class, and that might, you know, help resurrect some sales, too. So, mm-hmm. And also, you know, just being at the track, you see these younger kids riding 250Fs, and they rev the shit out of their bikes in the air. Mm-hmm. And just for the younger kids listening, you know, it's, it sounds way cooler when you rev a two-stroke in there than the four-stroke. <laughs> so that's, that's another thing. I, I, I guess, like, Ping, I... I, I find it hard to believe, and, and you and I have gone around, and I don't want to spend too much time on this, but the mechanical end of things. Like, now, okay, I was a super mechanic, as we all know, but no, really, like, 
for reals, I don't think they're that hard to work on. Like, I don't get that part where people are like, I can't work on them. Oh, my. Like, are you kidding me? You've got to be kidding me. The, Dude, I, have you? When's the last time you read a manual? The manuals are really good these days. Like, really okay, good. Okay, but you need, a, you, know, you need a whole bunch of specialized tools no, to get the freaking. You don't. Torque wrench. You need a valve spring puller. How are you going to get those off? And those little keepers that hold those things in, it's like, good luck keeping all those in well, one place. And they come exploding out like. Yeah, uh, you, you need tweezers and a socket and a hammer at the most basic level to to unseat uh, valve springs. Anyways, I'm just saying, I, I think the I can't work on them thing maybe a little overblown, but then again, I've been doing them for a long time, and I know what I'm doing. I can do it with my eyes closed. So, Kiefer, can you rebuild a four-stroke engine? No, and no. So it's like, to yeah, me, it's I mean, like a car. I, I open the hood on my car, and I'm like, what in the both hell? Both of you guys are Same pro racers. Both of you guys, you guys are pro racers, though. You know, both of you spend a lot of time, you know, just riding the damn things. So, And, and what, what are most weekend warrior motocross racers? GM Goodrich? Right. <laughs> Not all of us have a GPA of 4.0, you know, going to go race dirt bikes. Okay, listen, I'm just throwing it out there. Um Kiefer, what do you feel? Do you feel that the, now? I guess before we get too far into this, let's get full disclosure here. Kiefer does some R and D for Yamaha, so you yeah. are very involved in the Yamaha program. And but I felt like getting you on here was a cool thing because we did a podcast before where I felt like you were honest about the Yamaha's good things and bad things. So I, you know, just to disclose that right off the bat. Um, so getting on the two stroke thing, then Kiefer, do you do you see a place for him? Do you see? Um, people um, buying them more and more and talking to you about them more and more? Yeah, I mean, just sitting in on some meetings sometimes, you know, sales actually have gone up. Mm-hmm. Um, not a not a whole lot, but, you know, they've gone up, and that's what I was thinking. Uh, it's because of, you know, some of the sanctions are bringing back two-stroke races, so it's more lucrative for, right. you know, families and, you know, people to go get a two-stroke, you know, not only just what Ping said about, you know, people just starting out, but mm-hmm. people that actually go racing, you know, there's more of a reason to go buy a two-stroke. So, um, and also too, you know, some of the kids that are like I said, some of the kids are learning to ride. It's just way easier to learn how to ride on a two-stroke than it is a four-stroke. You know, so you think? But I yeah, mean, sales have gone up. I think it's easier to learn on a four-stroke. You can basically leave it in one gear and ride around a whole track. Yeah, one twenty-five. You know, they are harder to ride, but just for the average guy, just you know, hopping on a bike, it's uh-huh. white. It's it's basic. You know, it's mm-hmm. I don't know. To me, it's just a lot easier to hop on a one twenty-five and learn. You can, you can, you're not going to get in trouble nearly as easily as you are on a 450. <laughs> no, you know? I, I would agree with that. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> um, and even on 250s too, some of them, you know, you know, it's just easier on 125. Um, so what about the fun factor? Ping, uh, you've talked about having a blast on a 125 at a local track, even though there's some dudes blowing by you, you know, even you're a great rider and you're still, uh, you know, an awesome rider, but. You've talked about guys blowing by you, but you don't really care. You're having a lot of fun on a, on a YZ125. Yeah, totally. And it, and it depends on the track. There's some places like Cahia Creek out here that's it's probably at 4,000 feet, and it's got a lot of big, long hills. That's more fun on a four-stroke, a 450. You know, the bigger the bike, the better. But right. places like Milestone or Paris or Star West or whatever, Paula even, I have so much fun on that 125, and, and obviously the best time is when there's someone else out there with a 125, and you can go back and forth, right. um, but even just by myself or riding with whoever, I, I have a ball, so, you know, I, some people hate them, some people like them, I just wish there was more options, and you know, one thing I'd like to ask 
you, Chris, is, I mean, they haven't done any R&D on the new Yamahas, really. No, no changes, no, not a whole lot of marketing. Why have the cost on a 125 and 250 gone up so much? I mean, it's, it's like $1,000 less than a 250F for Eight, a new 125. 800 yeah, eight hundred. I think it was. Um, I, I, yeah, that, a, that is a good question. That's a good question. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know exactly. I don't get into that part of it, but right. um, yeah, I have. No I mean, idea. I know that they're I, making well, yeah, fewer you numbers. Say the same thing at the meetings. Yeah, they. From what I understand, they they make fewer numbers of them, so that increases the cost of them. But right. and I get that, and the the dollar in the end thing. But man, it just seems like how in the hell does that add up? Where a one twenty five. Is only eight hundred dollars cheaper than a two fifty F. It seems like you're, you're trying not to sell the one twenty five. Like I don't get it. <laughs> yeah, you're you're sabotaging yourself a little bit. I agree. Um, it is a tough decision, especially when all our little Johnny's buddies are. If you're buying a new to new bike, all your buddies, all your little Johnny's buddies are on two fifty Fs, and then you're like, well, shit, it's only eight hundred dollars more, and I can get him the same bike as his friends or the same bike that I see racing supercrosses on Saturday nights. You know, so it is it is a tough call. Um, the the Yamahas and the two fifty. Yamaha's and the KTM's two strokes. Um, like like Ping said, KTM's definitely been making some steps to improve theirs. Is there a better one? Is there a better in you, either one of your guys' opinion? Is there a better 250 and a better 125? Are they both the same bikes? What do you think? Um, I'll I'll start. Not just because I do stuff for Yamaha too. Just as far as like uh, I don't know, feeling and the motor aspect of it to me, like. A YZ is is hard to beat on a two stroke mm-hmm. base, you know. KTM is is really good, but just certain things that I I don't like about the KTM two stroke, it, it seems to vibrate a little bit more. Um, mm-hmm. You know, to me the the suspension is not as good as it is on the jet bikes. Um, just certain things like that, but uh, right. it's just it's just to me there's then and then again KTM develops a heck of a lot more than Yamaha does. They're still developing their two strokes and where Yamaha's completely stopped. Yeah. So I'm well, sure there'd be a time in a year or so where if you did hop on a Yamaha and you go on a KTM, KTM's gonna surpass the Yamaha. So yeah. what what do you think, Ping? Is there much of a difference between the two bikes? Um you know what, it's subtle. Um like Chris, I actually like the, the one twenty five Yamaha better. I just think it's got a more solid feel to it. Mm-hmm. Where the, the KTM does vibrate a lot, that's something that I'm not sure what's going on there, but I think they don't do like a rubber mount like a lot of the other bikes do on the handlebars, you know, the triple clamps. Right. It's just a solid mount, so you get a lot of vibration. I don't know what's going on um, there. <laughs> their, their 250 engine is pretty amazing. Yeah. Um, with a pipe and silencer, that thing, like, is a beast. Mm-hmm. So they do have a great engine there, and they come with D-Force reed blocks, which is great. Um, so they got some good qualities, too, you know. I yeah. mean, yeah. You, you really can't go wrong. My, the 150 is honestly, if I had to pick a favorite bike of all those, the KTM 150. I love that thing. Oh yeah, yeah. They're, they're so so that's that's a legitimate um, bike to to buy if you're if you want to get into two strokes um, hardcore. Oh yeah, and I guess they're really hard to find used. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you can, there it's like it's like riding a, an, an old race bike from you know the early <laughs> 2000s or something. Right. Do, do you have one, any time on one Kiefer a 150? Yeah, actually, I, I've raced a couple, uh, you know, District 37 races out here, off-road races on one of those. Can, in, in the rules in, in district race, off-road, you know, hair and hounds, you can ride a 150 and under. So it, you can actually, there is a power difference between the 125, 150. The thing does rip. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, 
it is a black pink head. That's probably one of the funnest bikes to ride on the track. It has a little bit more bottom in, and it and it pulls really good. And mm-hmm. that thing actually does look pretty sick too. It's a small, compact engine in the frame. Looks cool. It's a it's a testament to Yamaha that both of you guys seem to be leaning a little more towards Yamaha. And let's face it, that's an old design. Both motors, one twenty five and two fifty, old design, but still really solid, and obviously still working very well. And that, that yeah. goes to show for a lot of things. Like, and sometimes you know things go backwards when you develop, you right. know, stuff. Sometimes you need to keep uh, some of the old um, design around versus right. you know trying to develop so much where you end up going uh, the wrong way. Hmm. You know, it was funny because when I was at Yamaha, in like I started in '03 and went through '05, and we rode two strokes a lot. We were literally putting on some stuff that Jeremy McGrath used to run. It still fit, still worked, still liked it to test. You know, so. So that motor goes back to even to then, the late 90s. So, Yeah, well, you know, the two-strokes, were, they, were so, they were so late in their development. You know, they, they had mm. done about all you could do to them. Right. So I think, you know, the last couple of years Yamaha was putting that 125 out, you know, they probably saw that, okay, things are probably going four-stroke here. Let's just pull out all our guns on this 125. I mean, that thing is probably as close as you can get to what their race spec was. Yeah. But set up for pump gas. Right, right, right. You know what I mean? I don't, I don't think they have, like, I don't think they kept any little trick parts that right. they're hanging on to in case two-stroke racing ever, you know, comes back into vogue. But. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, anyway. Well, I have a question for Ping real quick. When he was racing, you know, Supercross on KTM's motocross, can he think back far enough where it's like, can he compare? I'm right here. You can just talk to me and ask me. <laughs> what on your race bike? How how good are the new production bike versus what you rode back then? Um, you know they're they're really good. I mean, like I said, the the only difference is they have to set up a production bike to run on pump gas. You know, so you're not running nearly as much compression and things like that. But um, man, I remember Yamaha came, when they came out with a. Their setup that they had in 96 when Wyndham was racing that bike, yeah, I, I, that was like they went to another level that year. And that bike was freaking ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And um, it just seems like ever since then, you know, when they kind of went to Yamaha Troy, those guys continued to have great bikes. They did, yep. And um, that just translated right into the production stuff. Uh, and, and even with that aluminum frame, which I feel like gives the bike just such a solid feel. You know, it just... Mm-hmm. Uh, the bike I have, I leave the suspension stock. I don't even touch it. You know, maybe a couple clickers here and there, but like you can just pin it. It's so so solid. Depending, depending, so, depending on how much ice cream you ate the night before, that's that's the. the well, maybe you go in a couple clickers <laughs> if you had some chunky monkey. You know, right, right. You might have to. <laughs> but uh, I, I think, man, it's it's really close. Uh, obviously, our bikes when we were racing 125s, the race bikes were making a little more power, but you had, you know rocket fuel race gas with lead in it and, right. um, you know, high compression heads and things like that. So, and of course the, the Ryan Hughes developed KX125 that hit at 12,000 and signed off at 12.8, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. No power, no horsepower at all under 10,000 RPMs. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, as as life. uh, Hey, well, let's talk about, uh, bike intros real quickly. I want to touch on those. Um, who doesn't, well, I, I don't want to, I don't want you guys to talk. Uh, who doesn't best? Who, who, what, what is, not, not, I don't want to do that. Cause you guys are going to get somebody pissed off at some point. 
What is the right way to have a bike intro and what's the wrong way to have a bike intro? Both of you have done dozens and dozens of them and maybe don't even name any names. I don't care. But what's like the best way, Ping, to do a bike intro for the media guys and to get the most positive feedback on your on your machine? Um, for me, like what I like best, uh, if they have a private track, someplace that we don't get to ride on all the time, like Honda's done a couple out of Jeremy's Ranch, which mm-hmm. is really neat. Um, Yamaha did one at the Cheney Ranch, which is super exclusive and really, really cool. That was actually a two-stroke intro. Um, Kawasaki's done one up at Doc Huss's Ranch, which is this place up in Santa Barbara. Just yep. private places you really don't get to go that often, and they're prepped and watered perfectly. You know, it's just you and, you know, however many magazines are there with you, five or six or seven. And, um... How much time yeah, do they you know, give you? Yeah, they bring up good yeah. food. And when the economy was there, they used to bring... Man, I, I have, like, still power drills, all these, like, power tools and equipment <laughs> and lawn chairs, like, folding lawn chairs and mats and stools. I got all this crap that they're... Pink can be bought, just, ladies and gentlemen. He can be purchased. <laughs> <laughs> Trips to Austria is great. I mean, oh, wait. Did I say that? <laughs> well, how much time do you get on the bikes, though? How much... Do they let you ride? Do the OEMs clamp down on that, depending on how many guys there and all that? Uh, how does that work? Oh, for me, the only time I've ever been told not to put a bunch of time on a bike was at the Honda intro this year. Um, mm-hmm. They literally only had two of them in the country, mm-hmm. and they had to run through every single magazine and website. So, And they didn't have extra parts. I mean, they had nothing. If someone cartwheeled and stacked the thing up, it was going to be bent <laughs> the rest mm-hmm. of the time. They would just have to straighten it out the best they could. So... I think I got maybe an hour, hour and a half on that bike. Right. But normally, if you want to, I mean, Chris, I'm sure you've experienced anything. If you want to come out and just do 40 minute motos all day, okay, yeah, no problem. They'll yeah, keep like, putting gas in it. Like the, the, yeah. this year was uh, Kawasaki. We went to Millville for the KX250 intro, mm-hmm. and uh, it was like it was insane. You know, they you know they fly us out. Um, you get there. We went to some. Some rich guys, you know, ranch, ate great food, and they brought out all the old, you'd have liked this, Matt, they said they brought all the old Kawasaki Supercross bikes and Carmichael's and Raynard's and all the old school bikes to look at, which was kind of neat. Right. And then uh, they gave us a, you know, a nice plush bus to drive out to Millville, and the the track was all prepped up and, and real deep, and they said, you know, do, you know, of course, Everyone has to go do their photos and circle jerk for the cameras, and right. and we do that. And then they let you, uh, you know, run free for the day. And that gave us actually two days this year to ride, which was mm-hmm. which was kind of neat because you didn't spend half the day, you know, taking the photos and make sure all the shots are there or doing video for, for the magazine or whatever. So after that said and done, you know, right. you need to have more time to test. And to do it properly, you need, you know, you know half a day or a full day and and they gave us two days which is more than enough you know those magazine guys they're not in the best shape so they're done you know <laughs> half the day so, so are you telling but, me that, are you telling me that tim tolson doesn't do 40s no there's actually what's what's cool is there's very few guys that are like that's right you know ping he knows how to test a motorcycle you can get it done and and it's a it's a good opinion and you know not to take any way anything away from other riders but there's some guys that you watch test, and you're like, oh, my God, how's that right. guy going to write anything about that bike? Shooty Weigel. Excuse me. Sorry, my dog. The, the, don't like that. 
The dog didn't like that no, either. But it, it, for, for the best test for me, like, it would be, you know, you don't need all that stuff. Um, a lot of times where they, they prep the track three quarters of it, and then they leave a couple straightaways or or a couple corners uh, bumpy and rough, mm-hmm. so you can actually feel the suspension because, you know, I don't know how many times back in the day when I rode a KTM, I was like, this is the best bike ever made. This is the, the most fun bike. It's so solid. Mm-hmm. And I show up to Glen Helen on a Thursday, and it's a complete pile of crap. So it's nice right. to have a little mixture, you know, some smooth, some deep, and some rough. So, so that's probably the perfect condition. Without naming any names, or you can if you want, Chris, uh, has there been a terrible bike intro? Has there been somebody who missed the mark with their intro over the years? Um, yeah, I mean, I've been to intros where, you know, uh, Husky, you know, back in the day where they just send one guy in a van and they show up and the guy looks completely lost and he has, like, Looks like he just hot boxed out of the Husky van, and he's like, "What's up?" You know, and just <laughs> doesn't really care about the product, you know. And yeah. here we are, you know. We don't need, you know, everyone helping us, but it's just nice, you know, to give us a little background on the bike. He just shows up, you know, brings the bike, doesn't say anything. So there's been uh, only one or two things like that before. But you're usually so excited to ride something new, you really don't give a crap who comes, as long as the bike shows up, you know. Yeah, Ping. What about yourself? Has there been a bad one over the years? Has there been well, anything? Um. I mean, no, I can't think of a bad one where I had a bad experience, but the hardest part for me is when you go, when you show up, and I won't name any manufacturers here, but I'm sure you can put the pieces together. <laughs> I think I already did. Go ahead. <laughs> 2013 intro, and the bike's exactly the same as last year. And I, like, the color of the handlebars has changed, and you're like, okay. Right. All righty, so what are we... What are we doing today? I mean, yeah. we did this last year. Should I just pull up my video from last year? I mean, <laughs> um, <laughs> that makes it it makes it tough to write or to right. you know. Yeah. What are you going to say? Yeah. And yeah. so you know, you reiterate the features that they changed back in 2012, and what what about whatever. what about? But, but even then, at yeah. the end of the day, you got to remember, you're still riding someone else's brand new bike on a you know some track that's prepped and watered. You didn't pay anything. At the end of the day, they take it home and clean it and do the filter. Yeah, right. What about I? I know this happened back in the two-stroke days. I know for sure one OEM did it. What about sprucing up a production bike a little bit on the magazine day, and then maybe one of you mm-hmm. riding a bike and then going and riding the another bike, the same bike, you know, two months later, your buddy's bike, and going, what happened, uh, Kiefer? Do you have any of those stories? I mean, I know for it's kind of like. You know, it's kind of like PEDs. Yeah, we know someone does it, but we don't know, you know, it's hearsay. I mean, mm-hmm. I know it's been done. Right, like, right. They might do little things here and there, but right. um, I think everyone's kind of gotten away from that, you know, recently. I don't, right. as far as I know, you know, and I'm not to say that I know everything, but I mean, I know a lot of those guys and and the, a lot of the bikes after you ride them from a pre-pro or, you know, you ride your buddies, like you said, it, it's pretty spot on. It's pretty, okay. it's pretty much the same. Ping, any, anything, or am I just being a conspiracy no, theorist? You know, you used to hear, like back in the two-stroke days, you used to hear stories of how, you know, they would pull the head off and just clean things up or the ports right. or just something. Right, right. Little tweaks here and there. Mm-hmm. I don't think that really happens even anymore. I mean, even when we take the bikes home after the shootout, you know, I've always wondered, what if they took the, you know, the big metal screen out of the filter cage or anything, or, you yeah. know, nothing. Stuff's all there. I mean, it's yeah, stock. right. So... I don't think they're cheating. I, I have seen a couple of bikes um, where the level of engine oil is pretty marginal. Yeah, 
like yeah. it's maybe half of what probably should be in there. Right. I have seen that. Right. So, you know, lets it rev a little quicker and freer, but um all right, well let's get on to the bikes themselves. Um I, do you want to start with the new Honda 450F? I, I guess that would be a good place to start. It's the most radically changed bike of the year. Um, and, and kudos to Honda. This is like a second rebuild in like four years, a complete redo. Um, let's start with that. Kiefer, what would you think? Um, basically, going just off the 12, I mean, the 12 is probably one of my favorite bikes to ride, just mm-hmm. as far as chassis. It wasn't the best motor, but it was uh, really solid and getting on the 13 it's it's a completely different feeling motorcycle it doesn't feel like anything uh from the previous years mm-hmm. um the motor is a little bit stronger off the bottom it's not like a day and night difference for me it's a, it's a little bit better through bottom and mid pull but uh the chassis feeling is what you know really feels different and also you know with that new air fork um it i, I really haven't got a verdict on it where if i like it or not I can just say that it hasn't made, you know, a huge impression on me where I was like, oh, my God, this is the best bike ever. This is, the, you know, a day and night difference where I like it more. Um, the Air Fork is something that it takes a little bit of getting used to, not only just as far as maintenance, but as far mm-hmm. as just feeling-wise on the track. Um, it seems to want to, like, especially in the mid-stroke, it wants to ramp up really quick, so it kind of feels harsh sometimes when you're, coming into a corner or you're kind of like standing up through a sweeper, it kind of wants to stand up more. Mm-hmm. So I haven't really got to play a lot with the air fork, but uh, the bike still feels light. Um, it corners as good, if not maybe a little bit better than the 12. Maybe stability for me is a little bit down, just I think maybe from right. the fork, not messing with it as much. Yeah. But uh, I think they got a good solid bike, you know, and, I don't think they uh, went as far backwards as they did, like with the 08 and the 09. I yeah, think from the 12 to 13, the gap is pretty close. That was going to be my next question. Are we going to have people like the the nine bike was not liked by many, um, and we're going to you know you don't think we're going to have that again where the people are just going to hate this 13? No, it's not that. That was right. a big uh, drastic change. This is not. I mean, the bike is completely different. Like I said, feeling wise, but. As far as you know, performance, it, right. it's it's closer. It's 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 pretty close to the twelve. What what do you think, Ping, uh, on the bike? Uh, I I really liked it. Um, the the fork for me when I first got on felt soft, and I was thinking, oh man. So the bike, whole bike felt kind of stink bug, and I'm thinking I'm having flashbacks to '09, you know. <laughs> yeah. And um, I wanted to soften the shock, add more sag, you know, open up the high speed, and and. Uh, Worley at the time was the KYB guy, and he's like, well, hold on, let's let's try, like, sticking up the fork first. Uh, and I was like, okay, I don't know, I feel like I need to get the back end down. He's like, just, yeah. can I just try this one thing? And so I guess that's kind of some feedback he's gotten from other people when they've mm-hmm. done testing. So he put two pounds in it, which was the equivalent to one spring rate, and it was like a completely different bike. Mm-hmm. So... um so, so there's good and bad to that. The good is, once he did that, um, the bike for me was awesome. The balance was awesome. I, the action of that fork, it's like, it is a little different. Like, it's very active. Mm-hmm. But it, it tracks the ground much better than, um, like, their production forks in the past. Right. So if you're in a sweeper or something, you don't have to worry about it kind of coming off the ground and losing grip for a second. It's like it just stays attached to the ground. 
you sound Which like you're good, no. but it, but it does have a, a different feeling. Um, and I, I got to where I liked it. I was really happy with it. Um, yeah, you, yeah, you sound like a fan of the Air Fork, definitely, huh? Uh, so far, I'm liking it. Right. Now there there is something, and we didn't get to do long motos, and it wasn't hot, and, right? And all that, but I've heard from some suspension guys that they have a, a concern that um, pressure is going to build up in that as you moto goes on, right? And even if even if it builds up an extra pound of pressure in there, which is, you know, a conservative estimate over a 40-minute moto or whatever, 30 minutes, 25 minutes, um, that's a half a spring rate change, you know, which yeah. can be pretty significant if you're on a mm-hmm. hard, slick track with a lot of chop or something, you know. Yeah, so, for sure. And you get a little tired, too, and you get a little tired, and, you know, yeah, the, the, the forks start sticking as we, well. Uh, we Just real quick on that, it's, I got to ride, I've been testing some with Yosh, and, we had one, and we did motos, 30-minute motos, and that was one of the days that we tested, you know, how much pressure does it actually build up. Mm-hmm. And Ping is, Ping actually is spot on. It From 30 minutes, just for me, it did go up, like, a little over one pound. Wow. That is a big difference. Did, did you feel that? I mean, was it noticeable? Or? I mean, I don't know if it was just me getting tired of the fork, so I really couldn't yeah. tell the difference. But, I mean, it's there is actually a definite difference in in the PSI once you uh, check it. So, yeah. And that, and well, I, just, that's another thing that I was kind of worried about too. The average guy checking the pressure. I mean, is, is there some air coming out when you release the, you know, the chuck is how much should you put in is the, you know, your pump scale the right way. There's just so many variables in there. That's kind of sketchy. Well, what was explained to me is, you know, it, it doesn't matter what the number is or what, or if your scale, your, your gauge is even accurate. It's you have to find the number on your gauge that you like it to be set at. Right. So you can use the little pencil gauge that you get at Seven Eleven, and if it says thirty six pounds, and that's where you like it, it feels good at thirty six. Then use that gauge every time and set it at thirty six every time. The question is, will people do that? I mean, right. how many people check their tire pressure every time they go ride? Uh, right. Probably not most people. Right. You know what I mean? I'm sure a few meticulous people do, but. I would say most guys are so excited by the time they get to the track, they just throw their crap on and they go, I'll check it later. Right. And, you know, you let your tires sit there for a week or two and you lose one, two, three pounds of air. So, I, 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 to me, two or three pounds of air in a fork like that is a big deal. Mm-hmm. And they're going to go out and it's not mm-hmm. going to feel right. So, mm-hmm. people are going to have to start taking the time to just check it. But, um, you know, going back to the pressure buildup, what I was told from the couple guys I talked to is that, um, that is going to be something they're going to have to overcome. All the manufacturers that are doing the air fork now, and 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 they foresaw maybe going back to like the bottles, mm, remember yeah, the extra yeah. canister bottles that used to mount behind the fork, the carbon ones, or something like that to kind of um, compensate for that. Regulate it. Yeah, they're going to regulate yeah. the fork that's in the air. Yep, it's that time again. Time for a commercial. Thank you everybody for listening to the BTOSports.com Racer X podcast show. Listen to these commercials from btosports.com. Use the code Steve and JT Racing. Thank you, JT Racing, for coming on board. Listen to these commercials, support the sponsors, and yeah, then we'll get back to the show. Thanks for listening to the btosports.com podcast show. Please don't forget that BTO is the world leader in aftermarket motocross parts for the bike car body. You'll find deals like a Shoei VFXW helmet for $309.99, 45% off. Or Smith Piston Goggles for $32.99, 65% off. Your order can be shipped anywhere in the USA for free. Or if you're not in the USA, we ship worldwide. 
Check it out at btosports.com. JT Racing USA is back to reestablish its deep roots in the motocross industry with an all-new, innovative line of racewear and casual wear. While bringing many of JT's strongest design elements from its golden years back to life, the racewear is constructed with the highest grade material on the market and has a technological fit, feel, and function that is sure to raise the bar in how motocross gear is being built. JT has relaunched itself back into motocross with the Pro Tour jersey, classic pants, lifeline, and flex field gloves in eight colorways with an assortment of men's and women's casual wear to add to its collection. By redefining the meaning of airflow, JT has incorporated its airline system technology into this collection and have launched their all-new ALS2 helmet in seven colorways to complete the rebirth of the brand. The wait is over. Honda Pink. Honda's just been all about, from the, the 9 to the 13, smaller, lighter, quicker. Like, that's their mission, huh? Is, that's what they want to do? Yeah, I mean, you know, if you if you ask most people what they want, it's like, I don't think people are screaming for more horsepower. You know, they always want it to handle better or feel lighter or turn mm-hmm. better. So, um. I think that's what they focused on, you know, and bringing all the weight in and down. Um, it's noticeable to me. Uh, that bike, to me, when I jumped it, it feels like a bicycle in the air. I mean, you can just wiggle the thing around so easy. Right. And, in fact, at times I thought, man, I wonder if, like, on a rough straightaway or big sandals or something, that might be too light where mm-hmm. it almost starts getting a little loose because it's so light feeling. And, and I'm just speculating. I, yeah. I haven't really had a chance to... Um, I didn't need more than that one day, but I spoke to uh, I spoke to another magazine guy, a third magazine guy that's not involved in this conversation, and he loves the Cowie KX450. He thinks the Cowie is going to be the one to beat. Um, what, what say you, Ping? What do you think of that of the Cowie? Um, it was it was really good too. Uh, I rode it out at, at Paula, mm-hmm. and um, just I, I I think hands down best engine in the class. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> that motor is is ridiculous. Really, really good motor. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked the fork. Um, again, it, it was pretty smooth when we rode it, though, so... Yep, and that's, um, an, that's an air fork for people who are wondering. Yeah, I can't I can't speak too much on how the thing handled because there wasn't really any bumps, but... Right. But just a really fun bike. To me, the Cowie's always been a little long and tall. Right. It just feels like a bigger bike when I'm riding it, and that's gotten better. I feel like the, you know, the handlebars to foot peg to seat that little triangle there has kind of shrunk a little bit over the years but mm-hmm. still for me it just feels a little bit bigger um i would guess that a guy who's a little taller would like that bike better right. than say a suzuki or a honda which are a little more compact so what do you what do you think Kiefer? you, you agree with the motor say um, Ping, Ping said? yeah I, I agree with ping um that's one of the bikes i'm actually getting ready to go test right now do some things on it um mm-hmm. Uh, uh, once again, the motor is probably the best stock 450 motor out there. I mean, my personal opinion, and to me, I like the air fork on the Cowie better than the Honda. The action to me is a little bit better. Um, but Ping is right; it is a big, it is a big feeling bike compared to the Honda. Everything feels heavy, and the Cowie does feel heavy still to me. Um, and it is long, and I'm a front end steering kind of person. I like to feel a lot on my front end, and I have to really set up my corners longer on the Cowie than like versus the Honda uh, or other bikes, just because it is a 
a heavier, longer bike. And I'm trying to, you know, mess with things as far as, you know, different clamps and people can mm-hmm. get around with that, some of that stuff. So, but yeah, I mean, as far as just the motor and a, and a all around package, it has, you know, mm-hmm. come uh, leaps and bounds from like a couple of years ago when it was just, it wouldn't corner at all. But, um, just depends on what kind of type of type of rider you are. Like Pink said, if you're a little bigger rider and you like to steer with your rear end, you might really like that bike. Um, what about the the Ryan Dungey KTM 450? I guess now it's just the 450. Now, um, how is that bike? Is it? It's going to win the MXA shootout. I'll, I'm going to stamp that right now. <laughs> um, it's going to win. I don't the... know. It's fuel injection, dude. Now it's the. Oh enemy. yeah, yeah. We did like the carburetors, didn't we? Um, steel frame. Let's talk about that first. Is the steel frame, are they correct in holding out in it, Kiefer? Is that, is that, um, are we going to ever go to back to steel frames or is KTM for some reason or another in your mind holding on to a dinosaur here? Um, I don't think, I don't think uh, we're ever going to go back to steel frames, in my opinion, um, just from what I've seen, but mm-hmm. I really like a steel frame feeling, especially mm-hmm. on uh, harder packed tracks where it gets choppy and rough. Yep. To me, it, it uh, feels more forgiving. So, um, I still think they got something there with the steel frame, and yep. and the new Dungey bike is actually really good. I'm I'm really shocked in how much development they went into that, and it's really improved a lot. But is steel it, frame is pretty good. It, the 2012 KTM 450 Kiefer, um, what did you think of that? Or was that um, was that the worst one out of the uh, the big five? Let's call it. Is that? Yeah, but not by much. You know, okay. it's not like. Uh, it was like, wow, I don't want to ride that thing. Let's leave it over there in the corner until I've done riding with everything else. But mm-hmm. um, once the track got, got rougher with the 12, it didn't feel as balanced. Uh, the motor was like was insane, was great, and yeah. didn't really. And even with the carburetor, it still ran really well, and really strong off the bottom. Right. And uh, just when the the track got rougher, is where it, you know where it really didn't shine as much. Um, and they fixed some of those problems. I think on the 13, just from the yeah. changes that they've made. So, so the 13, is it your, is it thirty uh, percent better than the 12? I mean, looking at it like from a from my point of view, you know, carburetor, EFI, uh, the frames all different, it's all tightened up. It's got the link. It, it the bodywork looks pretty bitching. Um, it looks like a huge improvement. Is it a huge improvement or just a little bit? No, it is a huge improvement. How I look at it like is if I had to go spend my money on a motorcycle, would I want to go buy a KTM? And last year, on the 12, I would say, no, I definitely wouldn't want to spend my money in that direction. But mm-hmm. this year, I'd be like, yeah, it, it would, uh, it's a viable option. I would want to spend my money on that. So it's a, it is, I would say, at least 50% better than the, than the 12. So it's, it's definitely a better, better bike and go in the right direction. What do you think, Ping? They, and, and and they didn't change the the Dungey twenty twelve and a half, the quote unquote, let's get a bike out here really quick so Ryan signs with us. That bike is no different from the twenty thirteen, right, Ping? Same same thing. Well, there's a couple of like little connectors, adapters, like small little pieces, but oh, nothing okay. that right. affects performance. It's more reliability, durability stuff. Mm-hmm. And it obviously doesn't come with Red Bull graphics or orange oh. frame, which sucks. The orange frame looks cool. Oh, yeah. it sucks. Yeah. The thing looks so sick with orange That's frame. That's a good point. You're right. It, it, the orange frame was bitching. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I, I said, I'm like, why don't you guys sell it like that? It looks so much better. Uh, that's just for race team that, you know. I'm like, well, isn't the race team designed to sell bikes? Like, Well, 
what, what, I don't, what's I don't with, get that really. What's with the OEMs and changing the rear? We got black rear fenders, white rear fenders. None of, none of them oh, are yeah. none of them are yeah, sticking with their colors. Like, hey guys, stick with your colors. You know, yellow, blue, green, red. I, I don't. I, I don't agree. get that. Is that? Is I that, concur. Yeah. Okay. All right. So so clearly, they're not giving us what we need. But anyways, Ping, uh, KTM, Dungey bike. Uh, thoughts on it? Yeah, I I think it's. Uh, I don't know how to put a number on it, but significantly better than the twelve. Yep. Um, the 12 to me, I just, it wouldn't turn. If I didn't have a big berm or something, I could, I it wanted to go straight a hundred miles an hour. <laughs> yeah. And the motor was awesome, but mm-hmm. you, boy, I don't know how you turn it. I just, it was like a boat, you know? Right. Um, the new one, that was the first thing I noticed when I got on it. It just, it, it turns a lot like the Suzuki. I mean, you can, you can carve lines with that thing. And, mm-hmm. uh, that's really good. The motor's great super competitive i haven't seen it on a dyno how it does but i mean it's right. it's competitive there's no question uh you know the the rider compartment's really comfortable i i had the same complaint that i've had with ktms forever and that is that their seat is too the seat foam's too thin mm-hmm. if i come out of a turn and seat mount something sharp or hit a square edge my butt goes right through the foam and hits the pan <laughs> And, um, it's the little things, right? Pink? I've been it's complaining the... <laughs> about that for as long as I've been doing shootouts. So right, 03, right. 04, whatever. Right, right. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, yeah, we know. Uh, we got a new seat. Let's put the new seat on, you know. And yeah. It's slightly better, but I'm still hitting, you know. And, right. and I, I don't know why they can't change that. but You're like, my, um, my chapped ass is going to affect this review, guys. <laughs> well, it doesn't happen on any other bike. Right. And, and, and I, for a long time, I thought, man, I feel like there's a harsh spot in the shock or something. And I, I realized that was just when my butt would hit the plastic. You know, oh, it wasn't necessarily yeah. oh, anything funny. to do with the shock. Um, so, so you, so you, you like the dungy bike? It's it's a good bike. I, I really yeah. did like yeah. it. Yep, I raced it at Mammoth this year. Mm-hmm. Bone stock, like bone stock suspension mm-hmm. at Mammoth, which is you know, that's a testament to the fact that the thing works pretty well. Right. Um, I, I, I'm of the belief it, that it is it is plugged up a lot though with that muffler. Yeah. Yeah, um, got once you take that muffler off, man, it, it, it's actually a huge difference. You put like a, you know, I tried an FMF on it, and it was a uh, wow, it's a, it's a huge difference. That that stock muffler is a, is really plugged up. I mean, as far as that goes, uh, are they aren't they all kind of plugged up? Couldn't they all benefit from an exhaust change? Or is there a bike? Yeah, that, they all. Yeah. I think they all could, but especially yeah. the KTM. That to right. me, it seemed way more than usual on that bike. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm of the belief, Ping, that uh, carburetors weren't that bad. The, the EFIs are better. You get better starting. You get the auto adjust to your elevation and temperature, which you know makes it a, a funner bike to ride. But having said that, a good old carburetor wasn't so bad, was it? No, for for the average guy, it wasn't bad at all. Right. The the only way place for EFI is hands down. 100% better is Supercross, yeah. or if you're jumping a lot, because yeah. all it takes is one little hiccup, and it's lights out in that game. So for the average guy racing motocross tracks, he probably barely even notices the difference between the two, between a, a properly carbureted bike and an EFI bike. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I just learned the other day, too, I thought someone was making the argument about carburetors. I said, well, you know, EFI is nice, because if you do like a long trail ride, guys who do rides and climb up a bunch of elevation, you don't have to worry about your bike running, you know, right. really rich when you get up to the top. Whatever. And he says, well, you know, there's a couple brands that actually 
only make an adjustment when the bike starts. So if you start it at sea level, mm-hmm. the bike reads that and and it, and starts, you know, yep. giving oh. fuel and oxygen at that for that sea level. So if you climb up, the bike doesn't adjust as you climb up. It'll have to be shut off and restarted oh, I did not to know adjust that. to that. Right. I did not know that. Yeah, so um, it's not all the brands, and I don't want to throw them under the bus, but yeah. it is one or two of them. So um, I thought that was interesting. What What do you think, Kiefer? Is still a place for carburetors? I mean, obviously, yeah, Ping has nailed it. Supercross is actually sort of dangerous with a carburetor. Um, uh, but um, what do you think? Yeah, I think the way what they're going with FI, it's just, it's just all around better. It's easier, and mm-hmm. the consumer doesn't have to worry about jetting and it's just a lot less headache, so I think, yeah, it's definitely better. I always thought it was going to be lighter. It's actually heavier. And if you hold a carburetor in your hand, they're pretty heavy. And I always just thought, like, when they go to EFI, man, it's going to definitely shave some weight. And they're actually the – EFI, the EFI system is heavier, which is a little surprising to me. But you get the fuel pump and all that, right? Yeah, yeah, you got, you got all that, you know, basically. Yeah. So um, that's kind of a bummer. Um, let's get to the, the controversial – Yamaha YZ450. I've written and talked about this thing enough, and certainly for nine for for three percent of the pros in the world, I do believe it's not working out for them. Ninety-seven percent of the population, the bike is great. Uh, let's get to the Yamaha R&D guy first, Kiefer. What, what's your thoughts on that bike, and uh, and talk about that a little bit? And what you think about it? What it does, good and bad? Yeah, well, I'm sure everybody knows about all this stuff, but it's like you said, I I think it's a it's a good bike. Um, there is things that it does um, a little differently. It kind of reminds me a little bit of the old KTM days when you can hit the same bump, you know, same line, and it kind of does something different almost every lap. Mm-hmm. Um, just from a you know a, st- a standard point of view, you know, the bike's a comfortable ride, and it's pretty good for, you know, a wide range of riders. The motor's actually really strong. Um, it's just it needs to handle a little bit better in the corners, I think, mm-hmm. and on some bigger type of bumps. Um, it has a little bit of a wiggle to me when you're coming into the entrance and the middle of a corner. It never just wants to drop in and settle. It kind of wants to move around on the front end a little bit and never really uh, stable in the corner. So mm-hmm. I think that's one of its biggest problems. And obviously, you know, I think the weight bias of the bike, the transfer of it, where the weight is, I think is one of the problems. So I know there is fixes out there for the bike that makes it, a, you know, a lot, a lot better. Mm-hmm. And uh, I got the chance to ride, you know, a, uh, you know, Joe one of JDR's bikes, and it was pretty amazing, you know. So mm-hmm. I know there's ways to fix it from the consumer, and there's, you know, people out there that can help that bike more. And But as far as just a, you know, stock bike with, you know, hopping on it and go and being comfortable, it's not, it's not, uh, it's, it's actually KTM's uh, surpassed it this year, so mm-hmm. my opinion. Right, right. Ping, what do you think? Yeah, I, I think that... Um, you know, I, I think a lot of it depends on how you ride. Um, right. Because, you know, like we've, I've talked to guys who really like it. I mean, Chisholm was one dude who he actually liked it better than the Cowie. He's having a hard time getting used to that Cowie. Right. Millsaps obviously did well on it, you know. Um, and I think 
it likes a taller, longer guy. It likes someone who's very calm and mellow and doesn't ride it aggressively or override it. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot like James Stewart. A lot, really, the traits of James. He calm. would be like the worst kind of guy to put on that bike <laughs> for sure. Right. And I think over, that yeah. I think that showed by just right. not only his results, but you watch him ride, and it just man, he looks squirrely a lot, you know. And I, I when I ride it, it feels to me like it's got. And, and this may not be the case, but it feels like it's got a really short wheelbase. So I'm either wheeling or all the weights on the front and the back end's dancing around. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I really I have a hard time getting it to feel planted. And um, we did do a suspension test with um, Race Tech a while back, and they, they did a great job. Like, I got it. They added a whole bunch of sag. They shortened the shock and dropped the back end way down. And we got the thing to work really well. I was super happy with it. but. Mm-hmm. But even then, it still was just a little nervous. If I tried to push, you know, as hard as I could push, I mean, it, it's like Chris said, you, it's just got some unpredictability to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but for the average guy who goes out and cruises around or races, novice, even intermediate level, I don't, I don't think you're going to really feel that. Because I can ride it around at 80%, and I'm totally comfortable on it. It doesn't do anything weird. Um, feels a little fat to me. I wish the shrouds and tank weren't so wide. Kind of feels like I'm riding a horse. <laughs> but um, yeah, desert tank. Yeah, it is. It's like a big old tank. Um, but anyway, I, I think it's gotten. It's definitely gotten a bad rap with the way things went with James, and I don't think it's that bad. Right. But then again, compared to the other bikes now, I feel like they all have surpassed it for sure. Oh, you do? Yeah. Um, we we haven't. We haven't touched on the, on the, on the 450 Suzuki, and that's probably out of the five OEMs that we're talking about here. The Suzuki is probably the least changed. I mean, I don't know when the last time they really gave that bike a makeover. Am I, am I forgetting something? Ping? Was there recently a makeover, or has it been the same? It's a solid bike, but it's yeah, getting. I, I think it's a lot of fine tuning. They the chassis they have. Um, it's just sort of little tweaks that they make on it. This year it's got an all-new transmission. That's been sort of a, a gripe from people that it, it ghost shifts or miss shifts. And, right. um, it was actually a six-speed transmission. That's what the gearbox was designed as, and they just took the sixth gear out. So it was a little janky the way it was set up. Mm-hmm. And uh, this year it's, it's a specific five-speed tranny that was you know right. designed four or five gears. So I think... Everything that they've done this year will improve that. Um, they, I think they kind of are going, and some of it's probably economy. They don't have the money to go throw into a bunch of new stuff, but mm-hmm. I think they're kind of going with the it's not broke, don't fix it. Yeah. You know? Yeah, because you like the bike like overall, even though it hasn't been changed? I, yeah. I honestly really like it. That's what I rode this year, mm-hmm. and I could I got, you know, one, one of the cool perks about my job and doing the testing for Racer X, I can... I can pick any bike I want to ride, you know, and I was really, really comfortable on the Suzuki and the Honda, and I went back and forth, back and forth, and I just, I liked the way the Suzuki turned, and I liked the engine. It was just a really usable power, really smooth and broad, and mm-hmm. um, so I rode it. I really liked it. I wish it was lighter, and, and the thing is, it's a heavy bike. It's one of the heaviest bikes, but you don't feel it on the track. It doesn't feel heavy when you're riding it, but when you go throw that thing on the stand, yeah. it's like trying to lift a Volkswagen bug up onto a <laughs> box or something. It is so heavy. Yeah. Oh, man. But the Yamaha, and the Yamaha feels heavy 
on the track. That's what I've heard from guys. Eh, I don't really agree with that. No? Okay. I don't think it feels yeah. heavy. It feels squirrely. <laughs> it's just yeah, squirrely. It's, it's, yeah, I think they're getting heavy and uh, yeah, and squirrely uh, different. But What do you think of the Suzuki, Kiefer? I actually really like it. Um, I'm a, Like I said, I'm a front-end scaring guy, and that thing is right up my alley as far as that. That thing, mm-hmm. to me, cornering is the most important aspect um, in the in my testing is you may gotta have a bike that corners and then secondary make sure it's you know, pretty stable coming mm-hmm. into that. Mm-hmm. And if you can build a bike that can do that, you have a, a an all around pretty pretty well rounded bike. So like Ping said, it does feel heavy when you're tired and you go to put it on the stand, you gotta use your, your leg and your arms and everything to stick it on the stand. But on the track it doesn't feel real heavy. It it mm-hmm. lays in the corners real I mean, like I said, really well. Right. It's it's in middle of the road, stability-wise, it's not too bad, but it's not the best. And, yeah, it just does everything well, and it's super easy to ride. The motor's really smooth off the bottom. Mm-hmm. The only thing I really could complain about, it doesn't really rev out. I don't know if you ever listened to James ride his or any other guys that ride Suzuki's that have, you know, stock boxes on them. They just don't rev. They seem to be hitting the rev limiter, you know, a lot. And I kind of noticed that on the stock one. It just it builds ours it's smooth, but once it goes past the middle, it builds ours pretty quick, and it hits the rev limit really fast. So, right. um, um, I don't, I don't know if I could something I could change with you know some gearing or something, but uh, yeah, I, I like the bike a lot too myself. So okay, so we've we've talked about all the four fifties. Is it a consensus that the and I'm just going off what you guys are saying? Yamaha maybe is the one that's trailing the pack, and Cowie is your guys' favorite. Is that would I be all right there? Um, for me, yeah. What do you think? I, I mean, straight, straight up, straight up from what I've rode. I haven't rode them all back to back, but just from what I've ridden. Yeah, I mean, just if I was early. going to choose a motorcycle, I would ride a Suzuki or a Honda. Okay, all right. Um, thing. Yeah, for me, I would say um, if I'm, and again, same thing. We we our shootouts coming up here in about a month. Yeah, this is this um, is you know, and that's where but, you get, and that's where you get to go. Same track, same day. Back to back, and that's going to be the true, um, the true set, the true sign of of these bikes. This is just preview. yeah. Let's call it so preview. far, as, as I've ridden them, um, I would say the Suzuki, Honda, and Cowie are all really, really close. Mm-hmm. They're all good at different things. Um, I like the way the Suzuki corners. Um, I like the way the Honda feels and um, handles, and then mm-hmm. I like the engine on the Cowie. You know, okay. those are all their strong points. Yep. So, really, it comes down to from what what do I feel most comfortable on? You know, which one am I out there fighting the least? Mm-hmm. Um, the KTM is better than it's ever been for sure, uh, but I, I'm not sure it's going to be quite on the level with those bikes. But they're close. Mm-hmm. And and then the Yamaha, yeah, not not a whole lot of change. So right. Um, let me. I mean, Kiefer, all you can do to fix the Yamaha is is you know. Add a tooth or two, two, tooth or two to the rear and call Pro Circuit. I mean, I, I, yeah, that's it. That's it. Yeah, you just stop in. I'm sure <laughs> all those friendly faces down there will help you out. Um, oh, and and, 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 and real quick before we move on, and not to to bag on Yamaha, it's it's still a good bike, but like Ping said, it's just I think it's a little bit behind the grab handles the times right now. Grab handles right. too, very important. Grab handles are huge. Um, all right, let's uh. I want to touch on the KTM 350. Uh, 
Ping, you did starts with Tyler Keefe back to no, I'm just kidding, but oh my God. Uh, <laughs> no, um the the three fifty. Uh what's your thoughts on that, Ping? Is there a home for that bike? Is there is there a viable market to that bike um out there and what are your thoughts on that machine? I think you know, KTM's really good at filling those little niches. And I think they tried to cram that one into supercross and motocross racing and it didn't work. But there's a group of guys who, vet riders who ride on the weekends, trail riders, um, maybe some off-road stuff. I don't know, you know, where it's mm-hmm. it's lighter than the 450, but a little more power than the 250, and it's just kind of, you know, they like where it's at. Yep. I, I've seen the sales numbers, but I, I don't think they're having a hard time getting rid of them. Hands down, ping the best 350 out there? Hands down. Yeah. Kiefer, you agree? Best 350 out there? Obviously, yeah. It's, it's yeah. way better. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> all right, let's go to 250Fs. Uh, we don't have a whole lot of time. I'm keeping you guys longer than I thought. So what's the thoughts on the on the 250s, Kiefer? Um, which ones have you ridden? Which ones haven't you ridden? Which ones do you like? Um, and, and all that. Um, I've ridden all of them. Um, start with the Cowie. I think uh, – me, Cowie went in, in the wrong direction with their suspension setup. Oh, how'd you like that free trip to Millville, you bastard? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm joking. No, <laughs> I admire the honesty. Yes, tell us. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, I mean, the fork is uh, really, man, It's to me, it's built on performance base, and the shock is more comfort. Mm-hmm. Um, so you got a wallowy shock, and you got a super rigid-feeling front and it doesn't combine. So I think they took a step backwards with their settings that way. Um, the motor's still good on a Cowie. Obviously, it's one of the best motors, 250 stock motors out there. Um, the Honda is another all-around great great bike. Not Like I said, I don't think anything's really changed, but mm-hmm. solid motor, solid chassis, suspension's good. Everything's just really good. It's easy to ride. Suzuki's another solid, you know, bike. Uh, right. Suspension is pretty good. Chassis is good, you know, really good in the corners. Motors, um, probably, like, second best for me feeling. KTM's actually uh, probably the best, you know, as far as motor-wise on top end. Oh, yeah? Probably has the best top end. But it just, to me, it takes a little work to get up there. But according to KTM, that they, uh, they've they upped their horsepower, like, I don't know, Three, four horsepower from wow. last year's model. Really? Jeez. Yeah, that's what they're claiming. So. Uh huh. Bike feels feels good. I mean, nothing really. I think it's a little bit better than the last year version. Right. Um, suspension still a little bit unbalanced. Feeling's kind of harsh in the front when it gets rough. And the YC250. Uh, yeah. I don't know what to say about that. <laughs> Middle of the road. Cha- one of the best chassis, I think, it just really lacks motor. Yeah. If you could put, like, a Cowie motor in that Yamaha chassis, it'd be awesome. I, I don't know what Yamaha's doing. Like, I, seriously. I even had a Yamaha guy tell me they didn't know what they're doing with that 250F. Like, what? Come on, guys, right? Like, yeah. come on. A- anyways, um, what'd you think? The riders seem to do okay on it, though. Um. Yeah, I mean... You know, fifteenth uh, in the points this year, top Yamaha guy. So you're right, Keith. They did really well. Star Racing too, r- r- real powerhouse program there. Um, is that is that true? Is that accurate? Yeah, uh, Kyle Cunningham was their number one guy. 
Really? 15th position. Well, they had injuries. I mean, Cunningham got hurt, Sipes got hurt, then he got uh, – oh, well, no, Sipes started in the 450s. Uh, Izzy went to the 450s. Um, yeah. Think about how many – They pull good starts, don't they? They do, absolutely. Jeremy Martin pulled some hole shots. Um, I believe Cunningham's always been a good starter on him for the last couple of years. So, no, they, they, they have I, – I think that team – I think the, their motors are all right on that over there. But, I mean, they ditched the oil tank and, you know, they do a lot of work um, to them. But – um, yeah. but, but again, that's pro racing too. And, and I, I follow pro racing extensively and that's all I cover. And I don't even cover the amateur racing ranks that much. So a lot of times I get wrapped into tunnel vision from pro racing, pro racing, pro racing. And both of you know that that's 5% of the world out there, you know? Um, so right. I do find myself sometimes doing that, but ping, what, what's your thoughts on 250 Fs? Uh, um, you didn't ride the KTM, but everything else. No, I actually didn't ride. I didn't ride the Suzuki. Um, Daniel Blair stepped in and did that one for me. And then, um, actually, the Yamaha, even, I had Phil ride this year, so I didn't ride that one, but it's the same as last year. Yeah. Is Suzuki the same? No, Suzuki was quite a bit different. Oh, okay. Um, and, 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 you know, you can go on and read what Daniel wrote about it, but, but really, I need to wait for the shootout. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, so it's kind of hard to compare, really. I didn't ride the Cowie. Shoot, actually, I've ridden a lot of the 250s. <laughs> yeah, wait a the minute. The Cowie thing was at Millville. <laughs> wait a minute. <laughs> Why are you even <laughs> here, man? Come on. Sorry. <laughs> I'm going to go. I'm embarrassed myself. <laughs> uh, well, talk about the Yamaha, though. And, and do you feel like it's competitive, or do you feel, like Chris said, and like many people do, that they, they, they badly need a, re- a remake? I mean. Well, they, yeah, they badly do. I mean. But 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 I, I find it hard to believe that Honda can, you know, completely rebuild their bike for the second time in five years, uh-huh. and then not even change the, you know, retail price of the thing, which is huge. The 2013 same exact price as the 2012, and they did that uh-huh. very specifically. And that was a hydraulic. Cl- it's one of the reasons hydraulic clutch didn't make it, right, Ping? You told me. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. They they had that thing scheduled to be in design, and they just said, look. With the research we've done, we feel like we've hit a peak in mm. our cost, our, in our price. Right. And if we if we keep bumping this thing up, we're gonna we're pricing ourselves right out of our market. So, right. um, and you know, I, I would have said a couple thousand dollars ago they would have hit that ceiling, but <laughs> yeah. um, if it was me, anyway, <laughs> it, it's good that it, they, they've at least recognized that now, and and the fact that they made all those changes and didn't change the, the cost that's incredible. Right. So. Right. It kind of makes me scratch my head how Yamaha cannot, how can they be running the same motorcycle for so long? But but the the motorcycle itself now the perception obviously is an outdated motor and a carburetor and, and a chassis that needs some help. Um, bolting new plastic on isn't the answer. But the yeah, bike but it, it, it did get a lot of changes for 2012. It, it made huge huge improvements for 2012. So okay. even yeah, though it doesn't look the same. The bike is quite a bit different than it was in 2011. Oh, okay. And and significantly better. It's it's not like so way off the back. It, this isn't compared to how the 450 ranks with the other 450s. It's I would say the 250 is much much closer. Oh, okay. Well, that was my question for you. So the bike itself, the perceptions out there, and we talked about that. But was it in 2012? Ping was it the was it trailing the pack in 2012? Or and but it was close. Or do, um, do you have it beating? I, if I remember right, some guys picked it. In fact, almost everyone picked it uh, before the KTM. Okay. All right. So and 
Uh, I, I think it did get a, like kind of come in around fourth, though. I think yeah, the yeah. Honda, Suzuki, Cowie were all, for the most part, guys picked those mm-hmm. ahead of it. Um, and then, like Kiefer said, the two of these a little faster. KTM two of these a little faster this year, so maybe maybe it'll find itself in some trouble. Shoot up, come shootout time. Yeah, like literally, like last year when I rode that KTM, I thought something was wrong with it. Like it felt so slow, and that's usually not KTM's mo. You no, know? no, so. they're usually pretty good bikes horsepower wise. Yeah. Um, Ping was was KTM? Did KTM make a smart move in dumping the link the the PDS system? I think so. Yeah, uh, I think that um, that other the linkless system works great for off road applications. Um. Just got a real dead feel to it, so you can haul butt across the desert and hit rocks and roots and whatever. And right. it, it's got a real planted dead feeling that's nice for that. But for motocross and supercross, yeah, well, no good. But again, like we're supercross, and we just kind of talked about carburetors and EFI, like taking away supercross ping, just average guy. Is it still? Yeah, better? but yeah. but even even a motocross track. I mean, there's jumps are a regular part of that now. Yeah. You know, and you have good point. Yeah, there there's sections where. You know, you kind of step on or step off, or there's bumps off a jump, and so the shock is not just like in one smooth progressive motion off of it. Mm-hmm. And for me, that's why I had a lot of trouble with linkless system. If I needed it to react quick, it just it didn't. You know, mm-hmm. and there's times when you need that, or um, you think it's going to kind of react one way and it reacts another. Mm-hmm. You and I have gone around and around with that about trying to, you know, do all of the characteristics of the rear end with valving is yeah. very, very difficult. Yes. You know, when you add a link, it gives you something that's consistent and progressive, you know, right. progressive and the same every time. Yeah. They would, the, the, the thing that they would tell you, it's the same on paper as a link, the rate of suspension, but it, that's just on paper. Practical wise, it wasn't. Um, what do yeah. you, what do you think Kiefer? Uh, good idea for those guys to ditch that thing. It did probably add some weight to the system, but what, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think uh, it's way to go. Um, like Ping said, where I really didn't like it was coming off of a jump. Let's say the jump got a little bit of a kicker on it, or kind of like a, it gets cupped out, and you can really get to me. You get a lot of feedback with with out the link. You know, the link with suspension. It seemed to always want to buck you more than having that extra cushion. To me, with with the linkage, you know, so. Um, it's just more forgiving with the link. It's just more consistent for me. Can we all agree that every bike needs to have a, have a hydraulic clutch, Chris? Um, yes. yes. I, I personally like them better. A lot of guys don't, though. I, I really? like them better. Yeah, I, I don't like them. Really? Oh, okay. Ping doesn't like it. No, I like the fact that it will self-adjust, but I, I hate the feel of it. I can't, I can't start with it. I can't, uh, you know, I want to be able to, like, have a feel as I'm, coming off the line or coming out of a turn and with the hydraulic clutch it's always been light switch it's either off or on mm-hmm. now, uh, 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 you know it makes me really right. jerky and uneven really really bad on starts and like in tight turns it's the same thing i end up being a lot jerkier and making multiple pivots in a corner like it's just i, I struggle with it you said jerky um jerky i did uh okay before we wrap this thing up best thing to happen in production bikes in the last five ten years ping Best innovation, best thing that happened to production bikes for the average guy. Man, I don't know. On the spot. Aluminum frames. Yeah. Aluminum frames. Uh, uh, um, I mean, 
air forks, uh, light water water cooling. Can I go back 15, 20 years? (laughs) More than that, bro, if you're going water cooling. (laughs) (laughs) All right, maybe that was a dumb question. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. know, Because that's the best thing. What is? FI. EFI, okay. All right, fuel injection. Yeah, EFI, sorry. Right. Okay, fuel injection. That's a good one. Good job, Ping. You didn't even think about that. Yeah, I don't know. I just think with every, with a lot of the, um, yeah, I think it's just the bike development in general. The things handle better. Right. The durability is better. But, you know, I don't know. With I, all that comes a price, too. I think the, the rental bars, the better chain and sprockets, and all that kind of stuff have been a big thing. Like, that's cool, you know? Because uh, that stuff used to be junk. Stock stuff used to just be junk. So, I, I think that's a good idea. Anyways. Um, BTOsports.com, RacerX Podcast 2013 uh, bike wrap-up. I'm looking forward to reading the shootouts and and uh, figuring out who likes what. Ping, do you have some Ace-X protesters lined up this year? Have you even we got do. to that stage yet? Yep. Okay. Right. We're, uh, we're working on that now. We've got some, right. some star power lined up. It's going to be cool. Guys we've never had before. And... Yeah, keep Fro out of them. Just, we got to keep Fro out of them, yeah. and, and we're good to go. Yep, throws out. <laughs> uh, uh, you, want, you want to throw in, I'll tell you right now who he'll pick. <laughs> right, exactly. Uh, the, Ford- the, the Honda, the Suzuki are awesome, great, no complaints, but I like the Cali the best. Yeah, the 499cc <laughs> motor is just way better. Uh, and Chris, yeah, thanks, man. Thanks for coming on the show. And, uh, again, look forward to seeing uh, the um, race reports. I did enjoy the Ron Lachine story about a KX500, but it, that it immediately broke the first time you guys took it out. <laughs> Talk about vibration. <laughs> uh, I like that story. That was pretty cool. That was in Dirt Rider a couple couple uh, months back. But um, thanks, both of you guys. Appreciate it. You bet. Thanks. See ya. See ya. See you, boys. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Steve Mathis Show. Search Pulp MX in the iTunes Store to find the more than 200-episode archive or get the Pulp MX app for your iPhone for the complete Pulp MX fix. 